Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You know what that means? It means that if you're a son and a daughter or son or a daughter of God, then you can be led by the Lord. He can lead you. I don't believe everybody thinks that because they're always, when they get into a crisis and, and they don't know what to do, they're always asking someone else. Hey, what do you think I ought to do? Oh, I need to call my friend. Oh, I need to, I need to get prayer from 14 different people. Do you know that when you get into a spot and you don't know what to do, you don't need to ask 14 different people to pray for you. Why? Because those that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Do you know the Holy Spirit can lead you personally? Just you and you, if you didn't ask one person to pray for you, you and God can get it done. Now, I'm not saying that's the way we need to live because he did call us to be with other people and he did say pray for one another, confess your faults to one another and get prayer. But as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. But then he says in verse 16, I want you to look at that verse, verse 16. He says, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. How many spirits are in that verse? Two. And what are the two spirits? His spirit and my spirit. Do you know that you are a spirit? You have a soul and you live in a body. You are a spirit and your spirit is eternal. Your spirit is either, when you die, it's either going to heaven or hell. Right? Your spirit continues to live. Your body will eventually pass away and they'll bury, bury your body in the ground. And your soul is what is relating to people and relating to God. Right? So your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your soul is your intellect. Your soul is your emotions. But your soul is not your spirit. When you, let me ask you a question. When you were born again, which part of you was born it was your spirit. Was your body reborn? <laughs> if you were tall and you got born again, would you look in, in there and see, see if you're still the same height to measure yourself, right? If you were good looking and you got born again, you look in the mirror and would you say, am I still good looking? If you weren't good looking <laughs> and you look in the mirror, do you think everything changes? No, you still look the way you look. You're still the same color, the same, the same person, the same, uh, you still have the same size nose, same size ears. You're still the same person. And you still think the same thoughts. That's why I love praying sometimes in a prayer group with a brand new Christian. I've been in, I've been in a brand new believer. I've been in prayer groups where they, they just get saved and they join hands and they circle up and pray. And I've said, you want to pray this morning? And he says, I just got born again. And I said, could you pray? And I've heard a couple expletives come out of their mouth. Lord, we just pray this morning. And they start saying some things. And I say, man, I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, it's not that I'm not sure he's not saved. See, the spirit got saved, but the mind still needs to be renewed, right? So you still think those things and you still have to renew the mind. The, the soul has to be trained. Your intellect has to be trained. Your emotions have to be trained, but your spirit is reborn. So he says, the spirit bears witness with our bodies. Put that scripture back up if you could. Uh, the, the, thank you. The spirit himself bears witness with our bodies. Is that what it says? So in other words, does the spirit talk to your body? No, but, but there's some people who are trying to feel God. 
They're trying to feel God, and that's where they get hung up. They're trying to say, I didn't feel anything. Well, you know, you don't pick. God doesn't reveal himself to your body. Now, the body sometimes can have the effects of having revelation of the Lord, right? It can have the effect. But when God communicates, he communicates spirit to spirit. In fact, when Jesus talked to that woman at the well in John chapter 4, he said, God is spirit, and those who worship him or connect with him must worship him in so when we worship, where does our worship come from? Spirit to spirit, heart to heart. And our outward is just representation of what's going on on the inside. So he says here, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Well, what is bears witness? Bears witness is we all know of a witness in court. And that's the title of my message this morning. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Can I get a witness? Why? Because... His spirit bears witness with our spirit. Let me ask you a question. In you, where does the Holy Spirit live? In your, in your spirit. So if he's going to lead you, where is he going to lead you from? From your spirit. His spirit is leading your spirit. Or his spirit is bearing witness. It's bringing witness to your spirit. So when you're trying to follow God, where are you trying to follow him? Are you trying to look for something and say, is God out here? Is God, or are you trying to feel God? Or are you trying to think God? I think a lot of people are, and that's why they don't hear God. Where are you hearing God from? Spirit to spirit. Something on the very inside. And like we went over last week, a still, small voice. Many times it's just a still, small voice. God wants relationship with us. But listen, if we don't know how he speaks, <laughs> if we do know how he speaks, we'll be able to understand what to listen for and how to listen for God. And that's what I want to go over with you today. How does God speak to us today? Well, his spirit bears witness with our spirit. Where does he speak? He speaks to our spirits. He speaks heart to heart, spirit, spirit to spirit. I want to tell you four things. There's more than this, but I want to tell you four things of how not to be led by the spirit of God. How not to be led. Number one, how not to be led. Write these down. How not to be led. Number one, you can't be led by open and closed doors. Because there's a lot of people, how they're led by the Spirit is just, well, is it an open door or is it a closed door? You can't be led by open and closed doors. The Bible didn't say those who are the sons of God follow the Spirit of God. And it says his, his Spirit bears witness by open and closed doors. No, he says he bears witness with our spirit. Let's just try. What, what is open and closed doors? Well, let's try all the doors and see if one of them works. Right? Uh, I, I need to go get a job, so I'm going to apply for five jobs. Whichever one opens up is the will of the Lord. That's not how, that's not how to be led by the Spirit of God. Because you know the devil can open up a job for you too? <laughs> he can open up a job for you and take you right out of the will of God. Pay you higher wage and get you right out of the will of God. I've seen it happen over and over. You know, oh, the Lord gave me a house. Oh, I'm, brother, I know it's an hour away from the church, and I know this is a place where the Lord's called me to be, but, but I'll make the drive, and I'll do it, and I'll just, uh, and I say, well, you better pray about it. Well, wh why is that? It, it's a good price, Pastor. Yeah, but, but just make sure that the Lord's leading you to do it. If the Lord's leading you to do it, do it. If the Lord's leading you to buy a place right next door, do it. But you need to follow the Lord, not open and closed doors. Who has, not, who has the highest paying job? Or not who has the least opposition? You know, sometimes, well, I've talked to these three, and this person was nice to me, so that must be God. 
No, God may call you to work for a jerk. <laughs> God may call you to work for somebody who's unreasonable and God wants you to reach them for the Lord, right? So God calls you into territory that's not always open and closed doors. You know, if Jesus would have operated with open and closed doors, uh, he wouldn't have had so much confrontation in his life. He would have just went the easy road. But it seemed like Jesus would walk through life and he would have confrontation after confrontation. And you know what he would do? He wouldn't back down. He would follow it right through. Why? Because he wasn't looking for the easy road. <laughs> Jesus was looking for the right road. Because listen, the, in fact, in the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Eden, there was two trees. One of the trees was the tree of life and the other tree was the tree of the knowledge of, what was it? Was it the knowledge of evil? Or was it the knowledge of good and evil? See, God put in their paths something that was good and evil. See, and, and what that shows us is that it's not always, we always just think that the, the bad decision is, is the, a bad decision is the wrong decision. No, can I tell you, a good decision could be a wrong decision. Because it could be a bad decision or a good decision, but if it's not a God decision, it's the wrong decision. Somebody say Amen. God doesn't lead through open and closed doors. Um, uh, Paul and Silas, we read on Tuesday night in prayer, Acts, uh, Acts chapter 16, they were in prison. And they didn't say, oh, Paul, I told you we shouldn't have went out and preached today. You idiot. Why did we go out and do that? You know, God didn't open that door for us. No, what did they do? They got thrown in jail. They got beaten. <laughs> they got shackles put on them and they got put in solitary confinement and they begin to sing and praise, pray, sing praises to God. And what did God do? Well, there was an earthquake, shook the prison, and not only their doors were open, but all the doors, all the chains fell off. Why? Because they just followed the will of the Lord, even in opposition. God leads you many times to closed doors. I've had the Lord lead me to closed doors. I know that when we first came here, the Lord put on my heart, you need to start the church at East High School. And do you know I went to, I went to the, uh, the, the leaders at East High School, a particular leader at East High School, uh, seven times. And every time, you know what they told me? No. And I go back to the Lord, I said, well, Lord, they said no. So what are we going to do? And the Lord said, East High School. So, well, apparently you're not speaking to them. Apparently this isn't what, where, so I'd go back and I'd say, hey, I, I'm not trying to be rude. I don't want to be pushy. I was very soft about it. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be pushy. I'll tell you what I'm doing is I, is I just want to, I think we're supposed to start here. Is there something we could do for the school? Is there some, and, and, and on that eighth time, something opened up and we were able to walk right in and, uh, and we, had serv we had services there. That's where we started the school to the point to where when we decided that we, we bought a building and we were going to leave, they came up and gave me a hug and said, we have so much to enjoy our relationship. We were able to have an effect on the school, donate some things to the school. As we, Do you know this building here? When we found this building, I had multiple closed doors on this building. And you know what the Lord said? No, that's my building. I want that building. <laughs> we didn't have the money for it. But we bought it. People say, did you buy it? We bought it. But we didn't have the money for it. We had multiple closed doors. We had insufficiency of money to be able to put down on it. But, you know, Jesus said, Let, why don't you give them something to eat, the 5,000, right? And did you know he didn't consider the budget? Some people consider the budget to find the will of God. They look at their budget first and they say, well, let's, let's have the budget, okay. Let's, and, and then God, okay, how are you going to fit into my budget? Do you know if Jesus would have looked at the budget, he would have never fed the 5,000? What did he do? He looked at the will of God. 
He said, we're supposed to feed the 5,000. He said, oh, by the way, what do we have? Oh, we just have a lunch. Oh, I overestimated. I, I guess I'm going to disappoint everybody. No, he said, bring it here to me. And he took it and he lifted it up and he cursed it. Is that what it says? No, he lifted it up and he said, this isn't enough. Why are you trying to ask me to do something with just this little bit? Did he do that? No, he lifted it up and he gave thanks. God, thank you for the little boy's lunch. Thank you for sending the little boy today. Thank you for the loaves and the fish. And he took it and in faith he distributed it. And what was it? Was it enough? No, it was more than enough. 12 baskets left over. And what did he say after the 12 baskets? He said, don't let any of them get wasted. <laughs> don't, let any of the, don't let any of the fragments, put them all in the baskets. Collect them all, pull them back in. Why? Because it's a miracle. It's a miracle. God gets glory in that. So God's not looking for open and closed doors. In fact, sometimes there'll be open doors. I have it happen in my life where someone will say, hey, I want you to pray about this. And I'll just say, well, I don't want to waste your time. I know it's a great opportunity. I know that it's very honoring, very rewarding, but I don't even need to pray about it. That's not what the Lord's leading me to do. And they'll say, how do you know? Because the Holy Spirit didn't bear witness in my spirit. I don't even need to pray about it. I know that may sound funny to some. I don't even need to pray about it. There's some things you just don't even need to pray about. Like, for instance, if you're married, should you go on a date with someone else? Do you need to pray about that? Well, why not? Because you already know who God's called you to, right? Well, if, you, if God's called you to something, should you pray about something else? No. Why? Because God's already called you where, where, he's, where, he, where he's put you. Do you know I never pray about whether I'm supposed to be at Memphis Tabernacle or not? I'll be here till, till the day that I die. I'll be here until, I, I, until the Lord calls me into something else. And one day I may wake up years from now and the Lord says, I want you to go, you know, to Iceland. I hope not. <laughs> Maybe today. Maybe today would be a good day. But I'm just saying, God's an intelligent God. And you're an intelligent being and you can listen to his spirit. And I believe that there's things that you don't need. Some people are so freaked out about missing God. Listen, if God lives inside of you, he knows how to get to you. He knows how to communicate to you. God doesn't lead you through open and closed doors. Number two, fleeces. Fleeces. Do you know God doesn't, uh, the, the New Testament church, God doesn't lead you by fleeces. Doesn't lead you by fleeces. Now, bird, you're going to need to either sit down or get up. <laughs> okay, you have a good day. <laughs> uh, fleeces. If this happens, listen, with fleeces, what are fleeces? Fleeces are, well, God, if this happens, then it's you. If this doesn't happen, then it's not you. If five red cars come by, I'm, I'm going to stand outside, and in the next three minutes, if five red cars go by, then I know that I'm supposed to do this, right? Or, or, uh, or they'll sit there and they'll say, I I'm going to sit here and I've been praying for a spouse. <laughs> I'll bring that up again. They say, if that, if that girl comes and talks to me or if that man comes and talks to me, I know that's supposed to be my spouse. You know God, God's not going to leave that. The enemy could send someone over too, some joker over, right? The enemy could run five red cars by too and then you go some different direction. The Bible doesn't say those who are led by fleeces, these are the sons of God. Well, what about Gideon? Gideon put up a fleece and then he doubted it and then put up another fleece. And then I guess, but do you know Gideon didn't have the Holy Spirit on him and the, uh, remain on him and, the, and Gideon didn't have the Holy Spirit in him. The Bible doesn't say those who are led by fleeces. 
It says those who are led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Number three, prophets. Prophets. God did not set uh, prophets in the New Testament to guide the church. Some may say, well, wait a minute. Uh, that, that, that really surprises me. Well, it, it's, not, it, it, it's unscriptural to seek prophets to guide the church in the New Testament. Now, New Testament believers don't need to seek guidance through prophets. Prophets are voices of God and they do bring words from God. I receive from the prophetic ministry of prophets that I trust and that I know, but they are not sent to guide the church. According to scripture, it's unscriptural to, believe, to go after that. We are not to seek them to lead us. Now, God may lead us through something with a prophet. God may confirm something in our spirits, and we go that direction. I'm not against the prophetic. I'm, I'm actually very, very much for it. But if we're going after prophets instead of going after God, then we're going to miss something. That's unscriptural to do. It doesn't say those who are led by prophets are the sons of God. I said the New Testament church doesn't say those who are led by the prophets. I've been with ministers over and over again, and they say, what are we going to do during COVID? And they've said something like this, oh, you got to consult the prophets. And I've thought, are you not filled with the Spirit? Do you not know what the Holy... We need to know what the prophets are saying. That's unscriptural in the New Testament church. Now, prophets, again, do say things, and they confirm. They confirm. But if you need a prophet to find out what to do, then you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. I said, those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. The ministry of the New Testament prophet is only to confirm with people something that they've already had in their own spirits. Number four, it's called roll the dice. Roll the dice. How we're not to be led by the Spirit. I'm going to roll the dice and whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to put it out there. And I'm going to try out several things. And if it works, it must be God. Do you know uh, that's not true? People say, well, if it's God's will, it's going to happen. That's not true. That's, not, that, that's a lie. That's not true. If it's God's will, it's going to happen. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 that it's God's will for every person to be saved. Is every person going to be saved? No, so God's will doesn't happen every time. God wants people to be serving him and on fire for Jesus and revival to be broken out, you know, and repentance to happen. Is it, is it going to happen with every person? It's not because God gives us a free will choice, right? So you can't just roll the dice and whatever happens. That's unscriptural. The Bible doesn't say those who are led by happenstance, those are the children of God. Listen, we're sons and daughters. I have sons and a daughter. And I know how, if I wanted to lead them and direct them, you know what I'd do? I'd sit them down and I'd speak to them. And that's exactly what God does with us. And then God sends people around us, prophetic people around us, other believers around us, to help continue to guide that word that he's put inside of our hearts. But you have to trust the spirit of God that lives inside of you. You have to know that God loves you more than you know he loves you. So how does God lead you? Well, in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, we just read it again. I want you to read it out loud. The Spirit himself 
bears witness. Say it with me. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. How are we to be led? By the Spirit on the inside. See, witnesses confirm. When you walk into court and you say, here's my argument, and then I'm going to call witnesses to confirm my argument. Do you know your own heart may sense you need to do something, uh, or this is the direction that I need to go, but the Holy Spirit will bring witness to that. In other words, he'll come and testify. In your heart, you'll have a confidence. It's sort of like, uh, you know, I like to compare it to, it's sort of like a, a, a traffic light. That you get up to an intersection, intersections are where you make decisions, intersections are also the biggest place where people get into car wrecks. And isn't that what happens in life? They get up to intersections and they take the wrong turn. They get into intersections and they go the wrong way. And before they know it, they're years down the line, months down the line. And they say, well, I already took it. I guess I'll, no, 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 no. Be humble enough to repent and turn around and follow the Lord. So what, what is the witness on the inside? You get a, when you're praying about something, let me just give you a, for instance, you're praying about a job. You get offered a promotion on something. They say, we want you to take this promotion, but it's going to require this and this and this. You don't just say, how much is it going to be? And I guess if it's more, it's the Lord. No, you stop and you say, let me pray about it. Just this last week, I had someone offer me something. And it was an honorable position. And I, I told him, hey, I, man, I really appreciate that, boy. I, I don't know why you'd offer me that, but, you know, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, I, I never, uh, I need to pray about it just need to go pray about it. It wasn't anything, you know, take me out of here, but I'm saying, just need to pray about it. And I went and prayed about it and wanted to see if there was a witness in my spirit. Now, I knew, I felt like I knew right away whether you're supposed to do it or not. Sometimes, here's how you know that when someone asks you about something on the inside, it just comes up empty. Like, I'm not getting anything. I'm trying to get something. I'm trying to catch some. It's kind of like when the Lord told, uh, put in, uh, Tiffany and I's heart to go plant a church. And I, and I told you I went to Long Beach. Went to Long Beach, California, where I was born and raised in Long Beach, California. And I, I went and bought a couple of books on Long Beach. I went, and, uh, I went and drove around Long Beach, just some prayer walks. And you know what I kept saying? I, I wasn't getting anything. You know what I wasn't getting? I wasn't getting the Holy Spirit witnessing with my spirit. I wasn't getting the... Con now, I didn't get some hard, this is a wrong place. No, I just didn't get the witness. Now, I tried to talk God into it. I even threw some stats out for him. Like, you know, kind of like Abraham did. He said, God, if there's 50, if there's 40, I threw out some stats to God of why I thought it would be a good place. Wrote out some things and brought it to the Lord and made a special time. Sat down, took communion and said, Lord, here's what I, here's what I think. Fully thought he was going to, and I didn't get a witness. Can I get a witness? And the Lord's like, didn't tell me no, didn't tell me anything. Just didn't get a witness. Didn't get a witness. Um, I remember when Tiffany and I were dating. And I was afraid to get married because I was 26 years old. 20, I think when I met you, we were 26, 27 years old. Yeah. 20, well, we got married. I was 28. But, but I think I dated you before that. Yeah, okay. 27 years old. And I was afraid. I'm like, man, I'm already 27 years old. What if this is the wrong thing? I'm not sure. But I remember one day, I knew I needed to make a decision or, or she was going to walk away. <laughs> How many of you know? Sometimes you got to make a decision because other people are involved. And I remember one day, I was, I was at the gym. And I was walking around at the gym. And I, I was just saying to the Lord, Lord, I don't want to miss it. Oh, Lord. 
I need you for this. This is the biggest decision in my whole life. Would you please? And I'll tell you, as I was jogging around this jogging track, on the inside, I got a witness. <laughs> I got a witness. And I was almost scared because I got a witness. Because I've asked the Lord for a witness on several other gals. And every time, I didn't get a witness. <laughs> and I tried to talk the Lord into it. Didn't get a witness. I got a witness. And I didn't know what to do with the witness. <laughs> So what did I do? I just went and told her, hey, I have a sense from the Holy Spirit that uh, such and such, and we talked, and we ended up getting married. It wasn't all that simple, but, <laughs> but, it, but it kind of is now. Okay, let's just leave it right there. <laughs> just like that. That's right. But um, how does God lead you? He leads you by the green light on the inside. I don't know how to describe it. It's sort of like a, this, in me, it's sort of like this velvety, like, like you're sitting back with a cappuccino and you're, you're like, yeah, this, this feels right. Just on the inside, something warm on the inside. But I'll tell you what, I know what a check feels like. I know what a red light feels. Anybody know what a red flag feels like? <laughs> but listen, if you don't discern between the red flag and the green light, you're going to run the intersection and get into a wreck. And you know what? Insurance is going to ask you whose fault is it? Oh, it's God's. No, it ain't God's. You didn't listen to the witness. You didn't li listen to the witness of the Holy Spirit. It's important for us to do that. The inward witness, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27 says, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Back when this was written, the lamp of the Lord, they didn't have modern day electricity and lighting. They just had a lamp that they burned and they put oil in. Today we would say the spirit of man is the light bulb of the Lord. Your spirit is the floodlight of the Lord. Your spirit shows off on you. That's why sometimes you, you get into a conversation and you said something and it came across right and you walked away and something inside your spirit was like, you were rude. Does that ever happen to you or just me? You were short with that person. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. What was that? Was that the Holy Spirit speaking to me? Well, it was my own spirit illuminating my bad attitude. And what do I do? I have to stop and do something with that. Either I ignore it and eventually don't hear it. I don't hear anything. You did. <laughs> you used to. You just don't acknowledge it. I didn't hear anything. Right? I didn't. Did you hear that? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I didn't hear, I didn't hear it. it might come out bad. Right? Oh, you, you know, that you walked out of the store. You walked out of the store and you look in your cart and say, oh, they didn't charge me for that. And you're like, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> no, no, no. But your spirit on the inside says, that's not right. Come on, somebody. Go back in there and let them know. Let them know you didn't charge them for it. I remember um, a, a couple of summers ago, we were, um, I think we were at Pickwick Lake. And we were um, taking the boys out and we were, we were going on one of these, uh, we were going out on a boat and we had this raft and they're on this raft and we're dragging this raft around and we were having a good time. It was fun. And the, and the raft was jumping, you know, waves and doing things. And, uh, but I remember going through this one, one little section that I'm telling you, they did not tell me to go in, not to go in. But I went over this little section and I just barely, barely heard like a little tune. You know, and I kind of went, but I just heard a little thing and I thought, what was that underneath? Well, I got back at the end of the day, turned in the boat 
And when I turned in the boat, the, uh, the gal said, well, let us check it out, and then we'll uh, make sure to sign everything off, and then you're good for the day that you rented the boat. And then she came back in. She said, hey, one of the propellers was nicked. Did you happen to go through a section over there? And I said, oh, I did, but uh, nobody told me not to. And they said, oh, well, they should have explained that to you. Um, yeah, and I said, well, I did, but I don't think it was me. I just barely heard a little nick. And she said, well... You know, I could just, I can, I, I won't charge you for it. I can just, and I said, well, uh, uh, and you know what happened? The witness on the inside said, tell the truth, tell the truth. I said, well, I did go through that section and I did hear a little Nick on it. I don't know if it was me or not. And she said, okay, well then I normally charge you. She said, but I don't have to charge you. I don't have to charge you. I said, well, how much is it? $150 extra. And I'm sitting there, my daughter, little daughter, sitting right there. And guess what the witness said on the inside? Pay the money. Well, I didn't have the extra money. I didn't budget for that extra money. I wouldn't have gone on a boat trip if it was going to be an extra that. And I said, oh, just charge me for it. Just charge me for it. Why? Because I don't want to get distant from the voice of the Lord. Nobody else would have known. Nobody else would have seen I had justified reasons of why I shouldn't pay that. But something on the inside said, don't do it, son. <laughs> see, I think sometimes God tests you at, right here on this to see if he can trust you on that. Because sometimes it gets bigger. And, so, and, and, and if he says, if I can't trust you with the propeller, how can I trust you with, 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 with this and with that and with that? But how did I know? I didn't hear a voice. I didn't hear God. No, but I had a witness. I didn't even hear the Lord say. I mean, I just, I just had a witness, just a still small voice on the inside. <laughs> you know you went through that section. First um, John chapter 2 says, you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. I, I tell you, the witness of the Holy Spirit a lot of times is just the knowing. The knowing. Something that you know. How do you know God's speaking to you? I believe the majority of the time that we hear from God, it's just a knowing. It's just you know. And you can't get away from the knowing. And the more you're sensitive to the know, and the more you follow through on the know, and do what you're supposed to do according to the know, that know gets louder and stronger. You begin to follow. It's called following. It's called being led by the Holy Spirit. I want to hear from God. Yeah, well, start following what you hear. The still small voice, the inward witness, a knowing from the Holy One. And the Old Testament prophets would say this. They would say, the word of the Lord came on them saying, well, how did it come on them? I don't believe it was, it was an, an audible voice that always came on them. In fact, if it would have been, they, they wouldn't have needed to repeat what the, what, the, what the voice came. Sometimes maybe it was so strong that they felt like it was an audible voice, but it was something on the inside. The word of the Lord came upon them, and they began to declare out of their mouths or write with their hands what the word of the Lord was. It wouldn't have been audible to everyone present, the prophet would have needed, uh, or he wouldn't have needed to tell people what the Spirit said. I remember hearing, and I'm going to close with this. I remember hearing, but, but, but just stay where you are, um, a testimony of uh, a man in uh, Texas. He was a very wealthy, multi, 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 deca millionaire. 
And, uh, but he was raised in the first 12 years of his life. He didn't have a pair of shoes. He didn't get his first pair of shoes until he was 12. Uh, he had a fifth grade education. But this man was one of the, uh, a very avid investor, investor. And someone went to him and they said, we know you're a believer. How did you do this? And he said, <laughs> he made this bold statement. He said, you know, I haven't lost a dime in years on my investment. So, well, what's your method? What do you do? He said, well, it's simple. He said, someone will come to me with an investment opportunity. He said, and I never say yes or I never say no. He said, usually I'll translate it with my intellect. Is this something that's right? He said, but then I always take that decision and I have in my room, he said, I have a closet. Jesus said, go into your prayer closet. And I don't think you need to go into your prayer closet. He said, he said, but he said, but I happen to have a closet and I go in there and I wait on the Lord. And I, I bring it before the Lord and say, Lord, do you want me to do this investment or do you don't, or do you not? He said, and I wait on the Lord. And sometimes it comes quick. And sometimes I can take up to three days to get an answer from the Lord. And he waits on the Lord until he gets, and he said, a witness in his heart as to whether it's God or not. He said, and because of that, I haven't lost, uh, he said, I haven't lost a dime in years. And I'll come back. He said, and sometimes the investment will, will be so promising, but I can't get a witness on the inside. So I just tell him, I'm not going to be able to do it. He said, and then I find out later that the thing just went down. He said, other times people will say, don't do that. That's very risky. But he said, when I walk out, it's not risky to me because I have a witness of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit knows where things are going next year and the year after and the year after. It may look promising to pick up everything and to go move there or to go do this or to take on that job or to take on that, uh, you know, opportunity or that thing in your life. But the Holy Spirit knows where it's going to be in six months from now. He said, and I'll, I'll stop, and if it's, if it's what, if it's what I, I sense that is the Lord, I'll just go for it. He says, and it works every time. He, he just was so calm. It works every time. Do you know the Lord wants to work that same way with every one of us? The Holy Spirit knows everything about everything. He knows about every challenge you're facing. He knows about next month. He knows about the bills next month. He knew about COVID. He knows about your family. He knows about what you're praying about. He knows about what you're He knows what you're thinking about right now. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? And let's bring our hearts before the Lord and say, Lord, would you speak to my heart? I like to just open my hands as a representation of my heart, just like this. Lord, I open my hands. I open my heart. And I say, speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. Show me the plans that you have for me. In fact, speak, say this prayer with me. Holy Spirit, I open my heart to you. Speak your plans to me. Speak your will to me. Bear witness with my spirit what I'm supposed to do. And if there's anything you need to repent of right now, <laughs> repenting is just a changing of the mind. Would you say, I repent of that right now. I turn, it may even be embarrassing some of the turnarounds that I need to do, but I do it right now. Because Lord, more than anything in life, I want to follow you. And my number one prayer is keep me in a place where I can hear your voice. Keep me in a place where I can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.